0: This morning we're continuing a series in the parables of Jesus, and all right, we're gonna fight. Okay, that's fine. We're we're continuing our series in the parables of Jesus. We started it last week, looking at the parable of the sower and the and the seed sown and the four different soils that represents the kind of hearts that we have or that we should have. Uh, uh, one, three of them were hearts that we should not have, um, but we often do. Whereas one is representative of a heart that receives the word of God, that hears it, that does it, that puts it into practice. And because of that, the word bears great fruit. And we are admonished through that parable with being careful how we hear. That theme is the theme of Luke chapter 8, especially verses 4 through 21. And so this morning we're going to follow it up, follow that parable up with the very next set of scriptures because that next scripture is another parable, but it also speaks to how we hear. So read with me from Luke chapter 8. We will read verses 16 to 21 this morning. Luke 8, 16 through 21. This is God's word. And if you let it, it will change your life. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and brothers are standing outside desiring to see you, But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Let's pray. Father, help us be careful how we hear your words, how we interpret your words, and how we apply your words. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening in Christ's name. Amen. As we look to the parable of the hidden lamp, we are called to question, how do we hear? How do we hear? the word of God. Now, you might think that's kind of a, a weird question because, I mean, don't we just hear it? I mean, it's spoken, we hear it, that's kind of, that's kind of the end of hearing, right? Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't the question, shouldn't the question be more about what do we do with it once we hear it? And it is. But for Jesus, hearing and acting upon what we hear are connected together. He gives us the parable itself in verse 16. There's a, there's a, a, a person, what. What sense would it make to do this? Listen to the parable, pointing to the traditional oil lamp. He says in verse 16, No one, after lighting a lamp, no one covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. You're not going to light a lamp and then hide it? Who in their right mind turns a lamp on and then covers it up? In our day, it'd be like having a light bulb and putting it in a cardboard box. That doesn't make any sense. W- what sense would it make? Have you ever gone to Walmart looking at, at, at light fixtures and seen one that was completely black? Like, not black base with the with the clear thing for you to, to see with. I'm talking about completely black. That doesn't make any sense. Why would we do that? We'd want to see the light, right? I'll tell you what, this... We're fighting today we're, we're fighting it today no one in their right mind is going to buy a wall sconce that's completely black that, that's not what we do no we, no we need something that will show the light not something that will hide the light right well, how many of you let's show raise of hands i tell you what you are just all right there we go how many of you just show of hands have a light fixture installed in your bedroom go ahead raise your hand it's okay yeah, how many of, the, of you have it installed underneath your bed? Yeah, no, that that wouldn't make much sense, would it? Now, I've seen some builders do weird things in houses, but I've never seen that. I've seen some strange stuff, but not that strange. Can, can I... It's such a silly idea, and you might think I'm making too much of it, but that's kind of Jesus's point, isn't it? No one with any sort of common sense whatsoever is going to take a source of light and cover it up. Now, It would not only be a waste of time and a waste of money. It would also be a waste of the purpose of light. One of the things that Jesus is pointing to here, he's using an extreme example, but he wants us to get the picture that if you're going to have a light, you need to put it out where it can shine. Now, now this is not in a sermon about how we all should be evangelizing more, because that's not Jesus's point here. He makes that point in other passages. And it's a very good point, but that's not what he's saying here. What he's saying here is, if you have a light and you cover it up, you're wasting the light. It's a waste. It's not just a waste of your time. It's not just a waste of your money. It's a waste of the purpose of having the light in the first place. Now, this isn't the only time Jesus refers to hiding the light. In Mark chapter 4, a very similar passage to this when he says, And he said to them, this is verses 21 through 25, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. And then he gives that, you really need to be careful how you hear phrase. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Boy, we find Jesus saying that a lot, don't we? He says it frequently through the book of Revelation as he's talking to the seven churches by the pen of John. We find it frequently throughout the Gospels when he tells a parable. In fact, we saw it in the last parable. He says, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. What is he saying? He's telling us that the, 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 the to use what we hear is to fulfill the purpose of it being told. In other words, when we take the word of God and we put it into practice, what we're doing is we're letting it fulfill its purpose. God's purpose is not to give his word just so that he can say he gave us his word. God's purpose is not to give us his word so that we'll ignore it. You ever said to your kids, I'm not just talking to hear myself talk. Come on now. Where are the horns honking? The horns should be honking on that one. Have you ever ever said to yourself, you know, If I ask you to do something, I really want you to do it. How do you think God feels when he talks and we don't listen? Or we hear it, but then we just ignore it and do whatever we want anyway. In both of these passages, Jesus makes the ridiculous analogy to drive home the point. No one lights a lamp only to hide it. In verse 17, we get a glimpse into what Jesus is teaching. Verse 17 says, for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. He's using something that we've seen before. It's called parallelism. In the Proverbs, we saw this where there would be two lines and the second line plays off of the first. Oftentimes, the second line would restate the first line in different terms to kind of give us a better picture so that we can fully understand what's being said. That's what Jesus is doing here. He's giving us a parallelism that allows us to see into the heart of this parable. The first thing that we learn in this parable is that light reveals what's hidden. Light reveals what's hidden. When light shines, it reveals what's there. Have you ever noticed that in a funeral home, the lights are dim? Now, contrary to popular belief, this is not because funeral homes are cheap and just don't want to pay a big light bill. The lights are dim because... What you're staring at, when you look at a body, you're looking at more than just a body. You're looking at death. And that's not something we like to look at. So they dim the lights to make it a little bit easier to hide that punch in the face that death sometimes gives us. Look at restaurants. You ever go into a restaurant that's brightly lit? Probably a Chick-fil-A or something like that, right? But... In most of your sit-down restaurants, your fancy restaurants, Longhorn is one that does it, the lights are dim. You know why that is? Because they don't want you to see everything. They don't want you to see the stains on the waitress's shirt. They don't want you to see all of, of, of the little nitpicky details, that food that somebody left on the floor that wasn't quite swept up all the way. They don't want you to see that. They want you to have a romantic experience, a, a, a nice experience. They don't want you finding all kinds of problems. Light reveals what's hidden. Light's good for revealing things for what they truly are. I mean, without light, we don't even see. We couldn't see. If there's no light, we have no way of finding our way. Sometimes sometimes that light is really uncomfortable because it shows us what we're trying to hide. Maybe it's those few extra pounds you've gained in the last couple of weeks or months stuck at home with nothing to do but eat i i I, i'm telling you our family's gaining weight our kids are probably (laughs) i don't know how they're not i don't know how they're not 20 pounds heavier they're they're just eating like crazy but light light shows you that maybe maybe you don't want to admit everything that your light shows maybe it's the imperfections in your work you ever seen a termite inspector come inside a house anybody know what they do they shine a light on your wall but they don't shine it directly on your wall no, 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 no. No, what they do is they shine it along the side of the wall. And you talk about finding imperfections. Man, you can find all kinds of stuff wrong with your wall when the light's like that. Maybe maybe the light's revealing something more sinister. God's light certainly does. It reveals the sins that we're so comfortable with, so accustomed to, so happy to commit that that we dare not examine them closely for fear that those beasts might turn on us by the way, I just want you to know they will turn on you anyway. Jesus is telling us in verse 17 that nothing is going to stay hidden forever. Whatever's being hidden will be made known. Mark that. It will be made known. The word for hidden, by the way, we we get an English word from this. The word crypt comes from this word. We try to bury things. We try to hide it away in the dark crevices and God's light just penetrates those and reveals what we've been so desperate to keep people away from seeing. It's not going to remain hidden. It will be made clear enough that anyone and everyone will recognize it. Light reveals the hidden. Now, the second half of this verse restates it, but it states it in a little more pointed way. It's not just the things that are intentionally hidden, the things that are buried away that are going to be revealed. It's the things that are even hidden from us that we don't even realize are hiding, lurking in the shadows. The secrets will also come out. Both the things we try to hide and the things that are hidden from us eventually will be made known. Light reveals the hidden. The things that lurk below the surface will lurk no longer. The parable goes further though. It's not just about the light revealing what's hidden. It's about how we hear In verse 18, Jesus takes this parable and ties it into the rest of what he's saying in this chapter. And really what a lot of his ministry is about. One of the major overarching themes of Jesus' ministry is what are you going to do with this word now that you've heard it? You can make the excuse, oh, well, I didn't know. I didn't hear. But not anymore. Now that you've come face to face with God's word, what are you going to do with it? And he makes that transition in verse 18. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And the one who has not, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. This is the main point. We need to be careful how we hear the word of God. There's a push through many parts of society to silence the word of God. That's bad. And those people really need help. But you know who's worse? It's far worse for those who sit and hear, who listen to faithful preaching and teaching, who go to Sunday school classes, who hear the word of God explained clearly and accurately, who read and yet do not do. Those are the ones that are even worse off. It's better for you to have a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these children to stumble. When you're not doing God's word, that's what's even worse than those who want to silence it completely. Because those who want to silence it hate God's word. But those who hear it and don't do it, they hate God himself. It's the ones who know all the right words. They 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 do all the right moves. They say all the right things and are as empty as a unattended candy jar in a daycare. They're they're the ones who Jesus would call the wolves in sheep's clothing, the tares among the wheat. Oh, they look good on the outside, but their whitewashed walls hide spiritual ruin and decay. If the raft of God will blow away the clearly wicked, it will disintegrate completely those who are pretending. the Those types who don't act on the word of God that they so often hear. That's when Jesus says, seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear. They have eyes to see and do not see. They have ears to hear and do not hear. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about the people who will not. Not just the ones who don't No, not just the ones who can't hear. He's talking about the ones who do hear and won't act. We need to be very careful how our hearing, our hearing, it needs to be completed. It needs to be perfected. It needs to be brought to maturity by our actions. For Jesus, doing the word of God is so important. Look at what he says. Verses 19 to 21. Then his mother and brothers came to him but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. Your your family's here, Jesus. And Jesus looks around and says, my mother and my brothers are the ones who hear the word of God and do it. It's so important to Christ that we hear his word and we follow it up with action, that that's what makes us family for for Christ. Being a part of God's family is not just knowing, but it's believing It's faith that doesn't just assent to an intellectual principle. It's faith that goes beyond the principle and works it out. Faith that goes beyond what we hear and starts putting it into what we do. There is, after all, a judgment coming. Take care then how you hear, verse 18, for to the one who has, more will be given. When we are responsible stewards, we get more to manage. If you're on a sales team, there's a big client And you gotta make this sale. Who does the sales manager put with that client? Does he take the, the, the new guy that, whose only customer right now is his own mother? (laughs) No. No, I want my best man on the job. This is too important to lose. He wants the experienced. He wants the talented. He wants the top producer. That's the man he wants for that job. Jesus tells us, Whoever can handle a little can handle much more. There's an old British saying, mind your pences and your pounds will take care of themselves. Now, let me put it into English. Mind your pennies and your dollars will take care of themselves. When we're faithful with little, we'll be faithful with much. The one who has is the one who manages wisely. He's given more because he handles what he has. On the other hand, there's another side of that. The one who does not have, he squanders what he gets. It doesn't matter. He's partying. He's having the time of his life. He's taking everything and throwing it to the wind. You may as well be burning the cash because the one who does not have is not saving, is not managing well, is not investing, is not doing what he should be doing with the resources that he has been given charge of. And because of that he does not have. So even the things that he thinks he has Which, by the way, are nothing because he's just the steward. He loses that too. Hearing is active. It's not passive. When we hear and do what God commands, we're honoring him by being good stewards of the words that he has entrusted to us. We show ourselves faithful in that little thing. He gives us more. But the one who doesn't have, he isn't responsible. He isn't a good steward. He squanders it. He wastes it like someone who lights a lamp and then hides it. The purpose of this parable is to show us that when you have something from God, you need to use it wisely. And in this case, it's the words of God that we have. We have heard the Christ speak into our hearts. And for us to squander it away by not doing what he tells us to do is tantamount to lighting a lamp and throwing it under the bed. You may as well not even light the lamp in the first place. Jesus wants us not to squander, but to steward his words. Like one who lights a lamp and puts it on the stand. Jesus is far more interested in how he hears, how we hear his words, than what we look like or what great sacrifices we bring to him. Be careful how you hear. Let's pray. Father, you've given us ears to hear. You've given us your word. We cannot say we did not hear it. We cannot say we have not known. We cannot say that we were unable to know what you want us to do. God, we've heard you speak. Help us live that out. This morning, I pray. I pray that you would help us to be the men and women that you want us to be. Help us to hear your words, to understand them, and to do them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, Just before...